Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. We managed to find time to uh, guess a whole bunch of movies and um, figure out what the what the lyrics were for the Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, for the Fairly so Odd Parents song, <laughs> because we were supposed to start recording 30 minutes ago, and we just got caught up talking about random bs for about a good 28 to 30 minutes so you know yeah so um we're not even on the clock no no easy peasy no we're gonna be up late recording now but it's all our own fault so you know and but the thing is people aren't gonna be listening to to this till the morning anyway so it all works out but we just have to finish before whatever uh, 7 a.m eastern exactly we got tons of time we could just we could keep riffing forever and ever but anyways we are here today to do a little bit of a breakdown of the Packers Bengals preseason game from last week and talk a little bit about the practices from this week. Um, kind of breaking down what we saw, how we felt about it. I've watched the game four times now uh, and then also watched three different breakdowns of love and then two more breakdowns of the general film. And I've, I've been watching a lot of this because it was our first little dose of football dad and like 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 with anything you know once you, once you give me a little bit of football i'm i'm latched onto it i'm just rewatching and rewatching <laughs> just and re-watching. A, just a dime bag of football please yes just a little bit of football just a, y'all got any more of that football um but yeah so <laughs> y'all got any more than football the old day the dave Chappelle meme but anyway very exciting stuff um excited to break all that down and talk about how what we thought about how the packers played i think mostly positive um, but before any of that, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. Um, if you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at father son Packer. Uh, we tweet out, uh, articles we find interesting, any videos from practice that we find that are not technically allowed, but we will yeah. retweet them anytime we see them. <laughs> feel um, free or feel free to uh, message us and <laughs> yeah, tag us in them. We'll, we'll retweet them. We'll retweet them every single time. If you want to tag us in the videos, um, we tweet when we find articles we have interesting, like I said, um, pieces of news, uh, when we have new episodes, et cetera, et cetera. So come give us a follow there. We'd really appreciate it. And we're also on your podcast platform of choice. So if you want to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all three, wherever you find podcasts, even on YouTube, we put all our episodes out there as well. And if you subscribe to us there, we'd really appreciate it. It would really help our numbers, but yeah. So if you want to support anyway, you can, we'll be doing an episode a week until the season starts. And then we'll be doing two a week, which is coming up sooner than you think Daz, but three weeks away yeah. until and, and okay. we are actually now, we have we're a, a year in. Yes, officially, we are a year into doing this podcast. Our which first is crazy. episode last year was on August fourteenth, and today so we have crossed the crossed the one year mark. Look at us! Who would have thought? I, this is our first episode officially into year two. That's that's pretty exciting stuff. But like we do every time, uh, let's start with a little bit of the news around the Packers. Unfortunately, most of this news is negative, as it is mostly injury related. It's that time of year, unfortunately. Some updates. I'm going to start with injuries from the game on Friday. Um, Here are some injuries that knocked players out of the game or were more serious. The first is, unfortunately, tight end Tyler Davis uh, tore his ACL during the game, and he is going to be out for the season. Um, The second would be offensive lineman Luke Tenuta. Uh, He was carted off. Matt LaFleur said uh, he thinks it's probably going to take some time. It was an ankle injury, um, but there's no exact timeline yet. They haven't put him on IR or anything. I saw some speculation today that they might wait to carry him over to the 53 and then put him on IR so that they could maybe bring him back this year, which, you know, hopefully he's able to come back this year, but we don't have a timeline. 
Um, running back Tyler Goodson hurt his shoulder in the game and was in a sling at the next practice. He hasn't practiced since, and I haven't really heard anything more about him uh, since. Uh, the Packers had practices on Sunday, Monday, and then today, Wednesday, as we're recording, which is the joint practice with the Patriots. And we'll be talking about all of those near the end of the show, so don't you worry. Um, the next injury during the game, uh, was offensive tackle Caleb Jones, uh, who had an ankle injury. He has not practiced yet this week. Um, and then the last one was Corey Ballantyne had a stinger and left the game. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it was very serious. He hasn't missed any practices. Um, new injuries as of this week that have popped up on the injury report on Sunday, the 13th, uh, Tariq Carpenter, um, mispracticed with a back injury he has not practiced any of the rest of this week either um so that must have been something that kind of happened during the game and maybe tightened up on him the next day can we only, we can only really speculate on the nature of that one on the 14th on monday uh kenny clark uh, was out with a back injury and was also out today with a back injury that's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on because kenny's kind of a stalwart on that defense and they're really going to need him on that d line because he's really the only proven player there um, and then as of today, 8-16, the practice of the Patriots, uh, Devontae Campbell was out with an ankle injury, uh, again, one to monitor. And then Bo Melton was out with a hamstring injury. Um, tough for him because he's fighting for that last wide receiver spot. Um, injuries that are carrying yeah. over from last week, um, just some odds and ends. Uh, Lou Nichols is still out with the shoulder, the running back. Um, Rashawn Gary is still working his way back, not doing team drills yet. Um, Jair Alexander is still dealing with a groin injury. He's, he was back doing some, uh, team periods today with the, against the Patriots. Uh, but it sounds like he's still limited. He's not practicing all the time. Um, so that's a lot of injuries, dad. We did have two people come off of, um, injury. Uh, Jake Hansen's back practicing and Josiah DeGuara is back practicing. So that's some good news at least. Um, and then the last piece of news is that the Packers waived Jeff Cotton from IR with an injury settlement to add any reaction. I know that's a lot of information. I just threw out you at once. Anything that you want to add to that? I think the roughest one is Tyler Davis. Cause here's a guy who was finally getting his chance. You know, he had been waiting. He is looking like he was playing a lot more, playing better. Going to have a, a, a actual reasonable role carved out of the team. And now he's out for the season. So that was pretty rough. Um, And and then Bo Melton, he's in a three-way battle for one or two spots. Um, And and missing time right now is, it will be be tough. Yeah, and he was one where, Uh, and uh, I I think for Melton, it was like he was, his main claim was special teams. And it sounds like every day that, goes by in practice like Malik Heath or Grant DeBose are having really good practices. And so the fact that he's not there to pace himself with them is, is tough for him. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen, at least from the Packers perspective is one or two will be on the 53. And my guess is the other one or two they'll want to put in the practice squad, but maybe whoever that is will want to go somewhere else and where they can maybe sign directly onto another team's 53. Yeah. But anyway, those are the real pieces of news floating around the Packers right now. Um, But dad, let's talk a little bit about the preseason game Um, Friday against the Bengals. um, I would say mostly a lot of positives. Um, I think the way we decided we wanted to talk about this was we'll talk about the first team offense, uh, which played a couple of series. Um, Not everyone played. There were a few players that, that didn't play at all. um, Like David Bakhtiari, um, on the offensive side, Aaron Jones just played one snap, and then we'll talk about the first team defense. And I don't think I don't think Kenny played. Kenny, 
Um, yeah, and then we'll talk about the first team defense. Jair Kenny did, didn't play. Didn't, Jair, Jair didn't, didn't play. play. Um, like we said, uh, right. Stokes Rashad, is still Rashad not back. Gary didn't play. Uh, Gary didn't play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those are the main ones from the first team defense. And then we'll talk about the second team offense and then the second team defense. Um, and then we'll just talk about uh, how we thought the rookies looked. But, Dad, let's start with the first team offense. And well, let's let's start with a big, big picture. And that is that the Packers are leading the league in scoring. That's a, You know? That's a good point. Let's <laughs> so start right there. Packers are leading the league in scoring. Stop the count. Stop the count. 1-0 and leading the, the league in scoring. Stop the count. <laughs> and the defense has not given up a touchdown yet. That's the other one. That's the other exciting one. No, not a single touchdown. Yeah. So, you know. Three, just, no, four field goals. Let's just call it here. Give us uh, give us the next title. We'll we'll come back next year. Um, the, anyway. uh, the, the elbow choosing the Super Bowl uh, memes yeah. have been flying around. Oh, they're great. Um, but anyway, uh, first team offense stuff. I think, uh, before we go to like each of our takeaways, I just wanted to quickly just say a couple things about Jordan Love because that's all that matters this season is how Jordan Love looks. Um, and I'll just, I'll talk up a little bit and I'll, I'll ping it back to you afterwards. Um, but Jordan Love was seven of 10 for 46 yards and a touchdown in two drives. Um, he had one, I think what you would classify as a pretty bad miss to Musgrave on a third down on a crosser when he was pretty, pretty wide open. Um, and what's interesting is apparently he had also missed that crosser in practice the week before. Uh, so that's something they're going to need to work on because, uh, it sounds like that crosser has been open multiple times and they have not been hitting it. So something to look at. Um, the other incompletions he had were a deep ball to, um, Christian Watson down the left sideline. Um, Apparently, him and Lafleur had talked about wanting to put more air on his deep balls. Uh, you want I to was going to ask you how you felt about that because I watched that play. I think there's too much air under that ball, see, and that so, okay. gave the gave if, the safety so much time to get over there. See, I I honestly thought, like, I just thought it was a great play by the safety more than anything. I think you know, like, does he put more air on it than usual? or than we've seen from him before. Yeah, probably. But it sounds like something they've been asking him to do is to put more air on it. So it's like, okay, if the coach is telling you to do that, you should probably do that. But I personally just thought it was a really good play by Dax Hill. He was a first-round pick last year. He's crazy fast. I mean, I, I just thought it was an excellent play by, by the the safety. And then the It other... was a good play. I, I've heard all people say that maybe he tried to look him off a little longer before throwing it to try to give him a later break. But... Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, they may be coaching him to put a little more air on because he has airmailed a few of the deep balls, and so if they put more air under to give uh, the receivers a better chance to uh, get under them. And yeah, and I saw multiple people also on that throw, um, both and and I watched breakdowns from Dusty Everly. Shout out Dusty, um, doing great work. Uh, his breakdown of Jordan Love's performance was awesome. He looked at every single throw. I also watched um, the quarterback uh, school, J.T. O'Sullivan's on YouTube, his breakdown of loves. And then I also watched um, Dan Orlovsky posted like a couple of throws that he broke down. And all three were super informative. They were great. Um, but I think another thing they said about um, that play in particular, since we're already we're getting in the weeds, this is going to be a long episode because um, we got the whole preseason game to talk about and we got three practices that we want to talk about. But, you know, we like talking about it. So, and it, you, hey, if you just want to listen to bits and pieces – Good listener, I won't tell anyone. It's okay. You can listen to the parts you find most interesting. It's fine. Um, but if you only want to hear about fairly odd parents or you know or S- S- SpongeBob, whatever, you can just listen to the beginning. 
I mean, we didn't. I don't. I don't think it was recording when we were talking about that. Did, was it? Was it when we were talking about what the? No, the no. We just mentioned that we, we just mentioned that we were talking. We just mentioned that we were talking about it. I mean, if you only want we didn't listen actually to, run through the lyrics. If you only want to listen to me talk, that's fine too. You just listen to my part and then hit skip. Hit the 10, 10 15 seconds ahead and then hear me again. I'm fine with that too. Um, but anyway, on that play, back to football. Um, uh, multiple people said that they thought that Watson could have run his route better. Because he kind of lets him, they felt that he let himself get pushed to the sideline a lot. And so it made Love have to drop it down the line. And it made it so, because ideally what they were saying was Watson stays inside a little more. And so Love can put it over his left shoulder. So he's catching it and able to shield the ball from the safety. But because between the. Yeah, and so he can put the ball between the sideline and and Watson's body so the safety can't get there. But because Watson kind of gets bumped up against the sideline and doesn't stack the corner, what they were saying was it made it so that the throw had to be like in a place where the safety could get the ball. And so that was another element of that play that I found interesting. But I see what you're saying. He did put a lot of air on it, and you could notice he put a lot. Of, like You could see it out of his hands like, oh, that thing's, uh, that thing's going up there a little bit. But um, so that was that was his second his other incompletion. I actually think the the one to Musgrave came after, um, and then his third incompletion was on a tight end screen to Musgrave, which pretty much everyone that I have watched has said like it's the quarterback's job to make that happen. Uh, the the DN makes a good play on it, swatting it down, but and Love tries to kind of beat him by doing an arm angle thing and throwing it around him, but the DN reads it and just smacks it down, or I guess he tips it up in the air, but, smacks it up in the air, yeah, yeah. but um. Pretty much everyone was like, it's the quarterback's job to to make that screen work. And the thing is, if he hit that screen, that thing's going 100 million yards. Like, wherever they were, that thing's going to the house. Because he had two blockers right. and no one in a in the area code of him. And Musgrave's fast, so. Right. And, and Musgrave says it up by, like, starting to block and then slipping the block and going to the open space for the screen. Um, and Love doesn't find the angle to get it to him. Yeah. And then... You can check out all of these these breakdowns yourself. I think they're really informative. Once again, Dusty Evilies is great. J. T. O'Sullivan's on the quarterback school on YouTube is great. Dan Orlovsky's he posted his to Twitter. They're all they're all great. Um, the other was like sometimes they felt like he was doing too much, or, or the one Dan Orlovsky felt like he was trying to do too much at times. Where on the cross to Musgrave, he's like, "You're holding the linebacker there. That's good. You know you have to do that, but you're holding him there for so long that you need to like." do something incredible essentially to flip your hips open and then fire to Musgrave and you're firing a laser when you don't have to. Like he was like, you, you, it just feels like you're doing too much was what he, what he said on, on that type of play. But besides that, I thought love looked really good. Hit some nice out routes to, to Watson. The one on third down was especially nice. Um, seemed to be by all those breakdowns, reading his keys really well and throwing the ball where the ball was supposed to go. The touch he put on the touchdown to Dobbs, the ball's a little underthrown, but you know, you're giving your receiver a chance to make the play. Um, uh, they were doing a lot of play action stuff with him, which we'll talk about, uh, in a second, but dad, what did you think of love's day as a whole? Cause I would say generally very positive, just, you know, a couple accuracy issues, the one bad miss. Yeah, I would say overall it was, it was, it was good. I mean, he looked good. He, he was making plays. He was making his reads on time, identifying the receiver to go to and generally making the throws. I mean, the only one that you'd say was off target was the one to Musgrave on the crosser. Because the the one to Watson was on target, um, to where you know it was to Watson, and then the problem with the the tight end screen, 
is the the throw was going to be on target if he get it through there, but he didn't make he didn't create an angle where he had a, a line to throw it. It wasn't like you we've had heard a lot about him being reading the reading the field well, making the right decision, but then having throws kind of just basically aimed poorly that he's not actually hitting his mark. So I'd say he only had one of those where he didn't hit his mark. And that was the one to Watson where he zips it. Well, that's the one he needed to put more air under it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he had such a basically large bucket he could have dropped it into that could have been caught because of the amount of space that uh, Musgrave had there that he didn't have to try to um, thread it through there on a, you know, Favre-esque style. Just, I'm just going to throw it as hard as I can at that guy. So I'm going to rip it. Yeah, and I think it hurt especially because it was a third down. And it would have been a yes. big chunk gain. Um, I actually thought his best throw of the day came on the play-action rollout. He hit to Dobbs down in the red zone. Um, he's rolling. Oh, uh, the one that got him first and goal? Yeah. He's rolling yep. left and kind of resets his feet, fires in between a window, and just like puts it right on the numbers. Like It was a, it was a very nice throw. I think that was his yeah, best throw nice of the play. day. But anyway, just those two series from Love, I think we both agree he looked pretty good, had that had the one bad miss, but other than that, was was reading the field well and um, had some nice passes in there as well. And excited to see what he does in the next preseason game and going forward. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the rest of the first team offense. And uh, you know, I will I'll go first um, with the the couple of things that I had down, if that's all right with you. Um, sure. The first thing the first thing I wanted to, to note was you know. It definitely seems like Luke Musgrave is going to be a big part of this offense. And I am not inventing the wheel when I say this. This has been a take from a lot of different people. But I think it's just, you know, it's important to note that Love threw the ball 10 times and three of them were to Musgrave. And one was a, two of them were designed, like play designed to go to him, like tight end screen, like getting him that touch. And then the uh, first completion he had, no, second completion he had of the day, the first one was to Jones on the, the quick out, and then the other was a little rollout, and then the, just tight end. like Right, to the other side. To the other side. Um, but, yeah, so he's going to be a big part of this offense, Dad. And the more we watch, the more we see is exciting. I mean, he had a really good day again in practice uh, against the Patriots that we'll talk about later. Um, did you have any, any thoughts on Musgrave? It's like, I mean, you read the stat line. It's well, like one catch for seven yards, and you're just like, ooh, it's like this guy's okay. all pro, baby. Offensive, yeah. offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I know. But the right? thing is, I, I agree that Musgrave looks like he's going to be an, ex- an exceptional talent, actually. And unlike most tight ends, that he's probably going to contribute substantially in year one. And there are a number of people who basically watched you know, the the testing and how he looked in the, the few plays he had. said, this guy's the number one tight end in this class. Um, and I, and I, I think, and he's showing that he is closer to be ready to go and contribute than your typical tight end. I think Kraft is kind of more of a typical tight end developmental timeline. He's showing a few things every couple practice, couple practices. He's starting to improve a little bit now, but it's taking a little while to get ramped up. And I think that's probably more, more typical. Well, Musgrave, he's getting everything. And I was—I don't know—I I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but I looked a little bit through the uh, the alignments, the personnel on the every offensive snap for the first uh, for the starters, and I believe Musgrave was on the field for every single one. Well, I don't know if you saw this. He didn't but... miss a single snap with the with the with the with, with love. And they had him doing a variety of things. I was going to say I don't know if you saw this, but Andy Herman. 
um, tweeted a clip essentially that you you remember the the Jaden Reed um, jump ball catch that Clifford threw to him, right? Yep. The the, the catch he had. Yes. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. I've got that mentioned in here somewhere actually. The on the left side, Musgrave is just running a go route against a corner, as like the as like the oh, yeah. left wide out, and it's like what tight end? Yeah, he's running a he's running a nine route against like, uh, against the corner. Can you think? And of he's this? open, I think. Right? Can you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he was open, but he's clearing everyone out, and they're they're going with him because he's he's giving. Oh, and them he's problems. dragging the. I think he's dragging the safety his way too. But the thing is, it's like, what tight ends have done that? Like. There aren't many. There are not many he tight ends that the, do that. The, the fastest on-field tight end ever at the Senior Bowl. That's that's a good. That's that's what I'm saying. Like the speed is. I mean, I know he ran a four six one, but he's faster than that. But his but his on-field speed was the fastest ever. Yeah. So at this at I mean, the Senior Bowl, he just at the Senior Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he he is you you in tight end. We talked about this before. You go for. Freaks. Go for traits. They're finally doing it. They're finally drafting athletes at tight you end. Go for freaks. It's a miracle. Um, but anyway, that was my first takeaway from the first team offense. And then the second one was a lot more motion and a lot more play action this year, um, which I think we're going to be seeing a lot during the regular season. Uh, I think they booted Love out on at least just off the top of my head. I think they booted him out on three passes. And then the touchdown to to Dobbs was also a play action. So I, I know we, I mean, we all know that Rogers didn't particularly love play action because he didn't love turning his back to the defense, which like, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to do, but, um, definitely seems like they're going to be doing a lot more of that with love this year. That was the uh, last real thing that I had on the first team offense. We only saw two series of them that it looks like you have a couple things you wanted to add there though. Yeah. I mean, it might look like a lot of verbiage cause I went over every play of the first team offense. And so what they start with, they go 12 personnel, 11 personnel, 21 personnel, and then 11 and 11 personnel. So that gets them through until they punt on that first per- first one. So it's 12 personnel with Kraft in the backfield, and like fullback, Deguara out. For our listeners, if you didn't know, the first number is the number of running backs. The second number is the number of tight ends. So 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. 21 personnel is two running backs, one tight end, et cetera, et cetera. And then five minus whatever those numbers sum to is the number of receivers because that that's how it goes. But anyway, sorry, continue, Dad. Yeah, so the first one, it's sort of 12 personnel because Kraft is lining up in the backfield as like a fullback or H-back. You mean sort of 21? So it, it's... It's a tight end playing as oh, a running back. I, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's twelve yes. or twenty-one. I mean, you could call it twenty-one, though he's a tight end. What do you call it? eleven? And so a half? it's a little. Oh, if, yeah, yeah, you call it. I think it's because because De, Deguara wasn't playing. I think, and so they put Kraft yeah. back there. And then when they went to eleven personnel, every time with the first team when they went to eleven personnel, it was Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then one time they went twenty-one personnel with Pearson in the in the in the backfield, um, instead. So, and then every every time they were in twelve, it was Musgrave and Kraft with the first team, and every time it was eleven, it was Reed with with Love on the field. Which is interesting. There was no other tight ends, no other receivers when they are going for the starters. Those are your starters, folks. And I think the most interesting thing is because we kind of seen 
you know, we'd seen that Reed had kind of taken that that slot uh, role, um, and we knew Musgrave was getting snaps with the ones pretty much every single time. I think the most interesting thing is that they went with Kraft over Davis, and now it's it's it doesn't matter as much, unfortunately, with Davis's injury. But it seems like they had already kind of moved Kraft into that tight end two role, which I yeah, in terms of who they want to get working together. The other thing they didn't do in any of these whatever they have. Uh... How many snaps are there? That's a that's a good question. I think it's uh, ten passing plays, and then I think I have thirteen plays for the ones in terms of personnel. Ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, I think I had. That sounds right to me. Yeah, that sounds right. And. They didn't run a single one with two true running backs. Yep. Aaron Jones only played the first snap. I think that's more so, Aaron Jones stat. And then Aaron and then AJ Dillon played the rest of the snaps with the ones. With yeah. with love. In terms of two and running back snaps. They didn't go they never went empty. In terms of two running back snaps, I did want to say something. And this is kind of we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but in practice they were having uh, Patrick Taylor as a second running back on some snaps, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. He's like kind of the pseudo fullback. I don't know something. Uh, we're, let's let's get yeah. back to the preseason game. We're going to be bouncing around a lot if I if I keep doing this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So you know they so they basically they've reduced the number of and um, players that are rotating in with the ones for standard personnel. They never went empty, so I don't know if they do if they did like. Um, ten personnel or something, and they had four wide receivers on the field. Um, they so, and then when they did a number of different ways, they aligned things. They sometimes they had two. If they went to um twelve personnel, sometimes they'd have um three and one, or two and two. And when they went three and one a couple times, it was like Dobbs was the solo um in the first possession both times. Hmm. Not not Watson. Interesting. Yeah, because you would think um, it, you'd probably think it would be Watson generally, but you know they were talking about like how you know getting to get Watson to maximize Watson's like design touches. Oh, he does want him. There's there, there's a there's a Dobbs solo on once and a Watson solo. Sorry. Let me, okay. Okay. Yeah, the the one that Watson the incomplete one to Watson that was he was solo on the side, um, but the other but Dobbs was solo um, as well. And then they, sometimes they had both tight ends on the same side, um, yeah, they, side by side on some of the running plays. They varied the, they varied the and, looks a lot with those guys. Yeah. Um, and think, then you know, sometimes they would have uh, um, somebody swoop to the backfield or they'd have a crosser um, downfield. They're often um, moving people around, um, people going in motion, pre-snap. So they did a lot of different yes. things. With, a lot uh, more, a lot more motion in this game. Even though they saw. kind of involved only, um, like sort of six-ish players, they did yeah. change how where they were lined up a lot. And and I think borderline more motion in this game than we saw maybe in six or seven games combined, like last year. They had really yeah. cut the motion out of the offense last year, and I think it was a bit to their detriment. Um, but that's kind of there wasn't really a whole yeah. lot to talk about with the first offense though. Like there's. They they didn't they didn't play much. They played two series. They played twelve nope. thirteen snaps. Um, but let's talk but a I little bit. The, I thought the uh, and then the O line was the same throughout with uh, without Bakhtiari. 
It was yeah, it was Nyman, Jenkins, Myers, uh, Runyon, and Tom. Runyon, Tom. Yes. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much does it for the first team offense. Uh, I didn't think there was anything really to say about the offensive line. I thought they looked fine. They looked good. Um, but yeah, do you want? No, to I thought on? they generally the pass pro was good for the offensive line. Yeah, and they did manage and to the, get a couple runs from from Dylan that were decent. And keep in mind so they're playing the against. Keep in mind they're playing against the second team for the Bengals, so you expect them to look good. But the fact that you expect them yeah. to look good and they looked good is, you know, that's good. They're meeting those expectations. Um, but Dad, let's talk a little bit about the first team defense. Unless you wanted to add anything on the first no, team. No, let's offense. go first team defense. Um, looking, the, looking, looking good. Yeah, looking good. I think the first takeaway I had um, was that TJ Slayton looked dominant. I think TJ Slayton looked like the best player on defense. Uh, he did not play very much, um, which is also a good sign for him that he's really cementing that spot as D-line too. Um, PFF had him with two pressures on just four pass rush snaps. For reference, the other D-lineman with that many pressures for the Packers, the other D-lineman who had two pressures, averaged 21 pass rush snaps. So he was pretty much just beaten up on the Bengals' offensive line at will. Like we said, he was in the backfield every play. Yeah, like we said, uh, a lot of backups there, but he was mercilessly beating the crap out of them, which is what you want to see a player who's going to start for you due to backups. So that's, you know, and any any plug the middle on the running play. Um, yeah, on the, I think it was second down on their first possession while he was in there as well. Yeah, I mean, he he looked really, really good. And I think if he can take a step this year and he can be more of an every down player, that's going to be huge for the defensive line. Uh, and then the other takeaway I had from the first team defense is a little bit more of a negative. Um, I thought Owens didn't look great. Uh, he took bad angles a couple of different times that allowed big plays. And we'll talk about the second team defense later, but I honestly thought Tarvarius Moore looked quite a bit better than him um, mm -hmm. in the limited action that we saw both of them. Uh, it's just one game. Um, but we have seen a few snaps of Tarvarius Moore getting some snaps with the ones this week in practice. So, you know, maybe the Packers feel similarly. Maybe they just didn't love what Owens was putting on tape and they just want a general rotation. Um, they have been rotating other safeties in as well. Uh, I think we'll talk about that later. Um, but that those are my two main takeaways from the first team defense. They also didn't play very much. And like we said earlier, the cer certain players didn't play. Certain mainstays on the defense didn't play. Um, but what do you think? Right. So, yeah. So what I had, kind of my notes on the first team, which so they kind of crushed it. They forced, uh, I think, three and out in the first possession where the Cincinnati couldn't do anything. The, and the first snap was nickel with only Wyatt and Slayton in on D-line and Nixon in on the slot. So and they, with and Kenny they blitzed out, Nixon. And they blitzed Nixon. That was the yes. thing, actually. The other thing I was going to say about the defense is Joe Barry was, was turning up some more pressure. And apparently he's moved up to the, to the booth. I don't know if that's something that's going to stay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that's going to stay for the regular season. Um, but yeah, but they were dialing up the pressure a lot more in this yeah. game. And I, I was like, honestly, I think I texted someone. I was like, like, are we a-holes for sending blitzes in a preseason <laughs> game against a bunch of backups? We might be a-holes for that. Um, but yeah, no, that was just something I wanted to add in there. Just just uh, you know, quote uh, Elton Jenkins. I didn't think we were playing flag football. Right, that's hey, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but what else? But uh, you, you, know, about, I, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try things. You got, if I mean, you it's, don't want players to make a team because it was easy and they weren't challenged. And you don't want players like you. You want to get some reps. Like you don't want to put too much on tape. 
but you want to get some reps doing no, something. No, you don't want to do something like crazy, like, you know. I mean, we've seen what has happened to the to Packers. Try like to, knock, knock out a quarterback in a preseason. I mean, but we've seen what happened to the Packers the past two week ones when they did not take the preseason <laughs> seriously at all. They just got they just got boat raced the past two week ones against uh, the Vikings and the yep. Saints. So it's like maybe boat this year about sums it up. Yeah, maybe this year they'll they'll take the preseason a little more seriously and it'll translate to having a little bit more success week one. We can hope. Um, anything else you wanted to add for the first team defense? They were also yeah. not out. Yeah, so I've got a little long. bit few more notes. So yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Nixon he st- in, the, in the first series he had a sack on the first on first down and then a pass breakup on third down in the first series. On defense, so he's he's kind of establishing his, himself as being aggressive. He he felt I think he felt like he could have had the pick on that third down too. It looked he like, it. like he looked frustrated. Uh, yeah, um, Rasul was looking at him like he thought he was hurt, and I think I think Nixon the only <laughs> thing that was just, hurt was his soul he was, because he was so annoyed that he didn't get that pick. Yep, and then uh, as you mentioned, Owens started at safety, and Valentine started at uh, corner with Jair out. And it was like the front and also the defense front basically just crushed the the Cincinnati pocket on the first possession, even without Kenny Clark or Rashawn Gary, though they're the backups in for Cincinnati, but the Packers and didn't have their best players either. You know, it's true. like the crusher guy in uh, Incredibles 2. I, I was kind of thinking about that, but what was I going to say? Um, you know, it was kind of something we had talked about in the joint practices that the Packers second team D-line was beating up on the Bengals second team D-line. And we know the Bengals' depth along the O-line is not very good. But, you know, most teams' depth on the offensive line is not very good. There, you see The thing you see most in these preseason games that we forget every year, there is a dearth of actually good offensive linemen in the NFL. And when the backups have to all play together and there aren't, like, good players to cover for them, you can tell. <laughs> like, you can tell that I'm they're sh- backups. I- I'm sure there are a lot of Packers fans who are a little bit more aware of that this year than they would have otherwise been by hearing what's going on in the Jets' practice. Where Rodgers and Turtles just running for his life uh, against um, who are they scrimmaging this week? Who are they practicing I, with this week? You know week? what? I don't care. The only thing I care about, Dad, you, you're, you know, the just only don't thing want I him care to get about? hurt. You know, what he the needs only to play sixty five percent. Sixty five percent is the only thing I care about. Um, he, he just needs to be. He just needs to survive long enough to play sixty five. Sixty five percent is all I care about. Hard Knocks has been pretty good so far, though. Um, I haven't but watched no, it. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it's. It's the Packers' depth against another team's depth, and the fact that the Packers' depth has looked looked pretty good in this game and looked very good in this game at times um, is a good sign. And, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the rookies, Wooden and Brooks, later because I thought they both looked good, Brooks especially. Um, and anything else you wanted uh, to add there, or should we move on to uh, second team? That was kind of my – those are my, my main notes, sort of like big picture on the defense. So we could we could go on Yeah, and I mean, to the second team. I mean, do you want to talk about Valentine with the first team, or do you want to talk about Valentine? I mean, talk he's, about the I, I have notes. We're going to talk about Let's the talk rookies about talk, because Va- he he might be really good. He might be really really good. Out of out of nowhere, he might be really good. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. I, I have him in my notes for for uh, yeah, I have him in my notes for the 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 rookies we're choosing to talk. We each choose to talk about. Okay, let's um, talk a little bit second team then. Uh, let's start with the second team offense. Um, Dad, you want to go first this time? I'll 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 back clean up. Sure. So second team offense is like some people take. So I have uh, Samari Torre in with the second team offense, and uh, he didn't actually get in with the first team, but he had several nice catches and run after catch as well. So he had the the sideline catch, which was a beautiful throw from Clifford, 
right? He's rolling to his left and hitting it there. And that's but, one where the I'm throw is talk, put between. I'm gonna talk that, more about the, Clifford. I'm gonna talk more about Clifford but, later. But and then and then he also has. A, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'll talk more but, about. Clifford. But Torrey also has the throw in the center of the field where he he's able to to run after the catch, and he had a really nice his second kick return <laughs> besides the first one where he dropped it and ended up on like the four yard line and, but the and, second way he, he 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 takes it past the past the 50 yard line he bobbled the um, he bobbled the second one too though. oh yeah he bobbled it and then he's like i'm afraid they might call a safety if i just kneel on this thing now so i got to take it out of here that you mean the second one the one he bobbled. No, he bobbled both. Is what I'm saying. Oh, well, one he dropped on the ground and picked him and got to the four yard yes, line. That was the first one. The second the, one, uh, he, the, the second one he bobbled and the then caught one. and then had a nice return. But I still would not want him on kick return after watching him not field either of them. <laughs> a little cleaners. surprised. I, you, you know, those issues. They didn't have Keyshawn Nixon do any. It was it was it's, Goodson it's, in the beginning. It's preseason, and week then one, it was Torrey later. No way in yeah, no way yeah. in hell I'm putting a, <laughs> our starting cor- slot corner at kick return in a preseason game. Are you crazy? Well, they put a player that some people think is their number three or four wide receiver um, but returning he's, kicks. He's never. Oh, you mean Toure? I thought you meant Reed on punts. I meant um, Toure. I meant Toure. That's very different. It's not. He's not a, a starter. And then they had yeah. Then they had Reed returning punts. But Reed's never done it in the NFL before. That's understandable. We know what Nixon can ah, do returning kicks. Give him some. Give him some reps. He needs the reps. He needs the reps. But anyway, anything. Uh, what else do you have for the second team offense? Um, one thing that was surprising was uh, Runyon playing some center. Oh my goodness! With the backups, I, t- I, t- I totally, totally blanked on this. Not only did he play center with the backups, he got center snaps before Zach Tom, which was because I thought when they put Runyon in at center, I was like, oh, they, they're just not going to play Tom the rest of the night. Like normally, he would be the second center. But they're just going to let Tom have the rest of the night off. They really like what he's doing, and they're just going to give Runyon some snaps there. It'll be fine. But then after Runyon played center, they came and brought Zach Tom in at center, which was all kinds of weird to me. I didn't really understand what was going on there. I thought Runyon looked fine at center. It didn't look bad, but... Yeah, I think part of it is, like, well, Hanson's out. They're, they're not usually number two center. They probably would have normally had him eat up a bunch of snaps. I'm surprised they didn't play Empy more instead mm-hmm. of playing both Runyon and and Tom um, so much at center. So that was kind of one of the big surprises. Like trying, we're going to throw Runyon out at center in a game, <laughs> even this preseason game, and see how it goes. And then, of course, uh, Emmanuel Wilson, looking good. Looking great. And not just on the 80-yarder. No. Uh, the other touchdown run was good. The run around the left side, that got called back for a holding, which probably didn't actually affect the play. He looked really good. I had a, another run up the middle that looked good. Six following carries his blocks. for 111 yards and two touchdowns. And on that 80-yarder, yeah. he's so keep in mind, he's over 220 pounds. He Wait, this is, he's a big back. He is moving. He is really freaking moving on that run. Like, I did not know. I, I, I've literally seen eight different versions of this tweet, but I did not know he was fast like that. I did. I like. I had seen the burst in a couple yeah. of plays. Now, we like, don't okay. know. I don't know how fast that the guy chasing is. him is. Fair enough. You don't need to yeah. be his <laughs> his his faster. forty time. I think his forty time is not that great. That's fine. You know, game speed. Jack. Game speed. It's all it's game all about speed. game speed. Um, anything else you wanted to add on that second team offense? Yeah. So so well, I would say that I think he's my favorite right now. You know, as the number three. But the number three, as I was going to say, the number three running back is going to be on the practice squad. That's a fair, but also the that's number my three, opinion. The but no- also the number three running back. He he's probably the best running back out of them. Maybe it depends how you feel about Goodson. But see, he's Goodson's also hurt. a bigger back. But we don't know if he can play special teams. 
or do anything in the passing game. You have to like, see if he can. But we have. But I think they do like bigger backs. We have to see if he can pass pro. Um, apparently, Taylor has been looking pretty good in pass pro this week. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I think what what Wilson did was, I think he's in this game is like, I think he's definitely making the practice squad now, and I think he has yeah. put himself in the conversation for that third running back spot because I think before well, it was I think like, the thing about that before I think it was just between like Goodson and Taylor. In my mind, at least, it was between the two of them. Yeah, but I think Wilson just said, "I'm, I'm here too. I'm also in this." In I this think what it is is that third running back is like three call ups, three call ups, three call ups, and then we'll have to sign somebody under the fifty three for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, just kind of what they did last year. Any, anything else on the, the second team offense, or am I am I allowed my turn? Or? Oh, and then Royce Newman. Oh just boy, he's on getting... he's on mine too because he was getting the crap kicked out of him in this game Does, he was in the game I mean, he had a couple bad, he had a he, he had a couple good reps i was looking at uh, some of the running plays some of those blocks weren't bad but when he gets beat he gets beat bad and he still in his third year cannot yeah, pick and, then, up a and stunt. also because he, other people in his, was, no in his third year he can't pick up a stunt he just won't do it he will not pass off his man. He will st- he will just keep with that D tackle all the way until he runs into his own offensive tackle, and like just then turn around and see that the edge looped around him, and it's it's that's it. Like, I it's called focus. I just don't think he's he's he's, he's very focused, and I think he's gotten I think he's gotten much worse since his first year. He's, he was better as a rookie, it seems like, than than now in terms of um, getting beaten multiple ways. I'm not quite sure what the deal is. Yeah, I, I don't um, know what's up because after the first year, I was like, okay, like serviceable guard. He puts on a little more functional strength next year. He could be a good starting guard in this league. He's just gotten worse every single year, and he was playing into the fourth quarter this year. Today he got blown up by one of the Patriots' um, D tackles and got cussed out by, by Butkus, apparently. Butkus came over to him and cussed him out for how bad he was getting beat by the Patriots. So it's, it's not looking good for Newman right now. Um I can tie that into my notes on the second team offense, unless you had anything you wanted to add. Go ahead. I think the, the, my, my first note was a bit of a downer um, is that interior O line is the depth. There is a bit suspect right now. Um, Right now it's uh, left guard. to right guard is Elton Myers Runyon, which is like, you know, fine. It might be, end up being Tom at center. I think the first backup for any of those three spots is Tom, thankfully. After that, it's between Newman, Sean Ryan, and Jake Hansen. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel comfortable with any of them right now. Yeah, I think Ryan, he had the one egregious play that really sticks out. But his other reps... Were, were he and he only had he had one other rep that was you know kind of so so. Otherwise, I, thought, I thought he actually looked pretty good. I thought the run blocking for, for looked, I think I thought the run blocking looked okay, but the pass pro I felt like he got lost a bunch. And uh, there was one there was one where I think he was getting beat and just kind of held on. That he was lucky the pass got thrown quickly when it did because he he was uh, only barely blocking the guy by the end. But but he, uh, but he might be their best option. And here's a guy who played one snap last year. And, like, that's kind of scary. And it was a special team snap. And it was a special team snap. And that's kind of scary that he is probably the leader for backup guard. And, honestly, I may feel better with Hanson than either him or Newman 
And that's terrifying too, because we've seen Hanson. He's not that good. I'm sorry, but he's just he's a fine. I think he's a fine backup center. I don't think he can really play guard. I th- right. I think that's the thing. I think he maybe can only play center. They've tried him at guard. It just it has not looked. good. It didn't work last year. Yeah. Maybe he's better at center. Maybe. But anyway, and I'm th- curious what uh, to see what uh, like Empey and. Um, I mean, Empey and Schneider. The other guy, the Schneider, Schneider. both uh, playing center. Both had botched snaps today. Which is with Magoo, which is, it's not great. Well, then they're mixing right, right in yeah, with everybody I was else. Say, right. Well, I, well, I'm going to worry about botch snaps when it's the regular season. I don't have the mental capacity to do that. But it also, right them botching snaps does not put them behind anybody. I know. I know. You're right. You're right. But the fact that they're botching snaps and then they're also down on the depth chart, it's not great. It doesn't also get, a, they didn't manage to get ahead of anybody by just putting, doing clean snaps and nothing else. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, uh, like you were saying, the the third running back position battle is heating up. Um, I think Sean Clifford has firmly cemented himself as quarterback too. Firmly, I don't think there is oh yeah a competition anymore. Really, I think I think honestly, probably when they cut Etling, they they already they made already they'd already seen enough. But I think the That's, I that think, was my opinion too. But I think general, I think everyone's fine with it now after watching the game against the Bengals, and we'll talk a little bit about Clifford later. But he's got that. He's got that big red dog in him. Like he is not afraid. Like I will talk. I'll talk. You know what? I'll talk a little about Clifford now. I think, you know, if he keeps playing like this, obviously it's only a one game sample size. I think I would have been right that he is Taylor Heineke. And I think that comp is fair because he threw two picks. One pick six was terrible. One pick was not a great throw. Kind of his fault. Kind of not his fault. I would put it on craft like 50, 50, um, because Kraft could have ripped it away. He's bigger than that guy. I don't know why he didn't. Um, but C- Clifford was dealing. He was throwing absolute missiles, and he wasn't really reading the field that much. He was kind of just like point and shoot. Um, but you know, for a backup, he was he was moving around. He was throwing balls accurately and with anticipation. He was he led like four scoring drives, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, he. Had some big time yeah. throws on the run on third downs. The one to Toure down the left sideline while he's rolling to his left and just drops it in the bucket. I was like, I I judge it as like if I saw Jordan Love make that throw, would I be like Everybody crazy be excited, excited, losing my mind? Yes, it was like okay, then that's a good, and his, and his good two throw. runs looks really good too. He, he's making people miss in the open field. He's scrambling out of the pocket like that's. That's what you want from a backup. I mean, a little chaos, just a dose of chaos from the backup is okay sometimes. But he did not curl up in a shell after throwing a couple picks. And that was the thing that Lafleur said. He said that that was the biggest thing he saw from Clifford was he threw. So he threw the pick six. They turned it over on downs. He threw another pick, and then he led like a forty-second touchdown drive, like with a minute left in the half. And he said the fact that he was able to bounce back and keep dealing and the throw he throws on when he gets the ball back with a minute left after throwing a pick is an absolute seed right in a tight window. I don't know how it got there. I was like very confused when I watched the one to Wicks, the one to Wicks. I was like, how did that even get in there? And no fear, no fear at all from him. And that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Um, if you think Clifford should start over love, I think you're an idiot. Uh, I just want to make that clear. But he looked really good. He looked like an NFL backup quarterback in this game, and I think that's really exciting because to get one of those in the fifth round is pretty – that's that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, 
Uh, and then the last thing I had for the second team offense was Packers quietly have some really nice young receiving depth. Um, Wicks had a really good game, which we'll talk about later. I don't think enough people are talking about how well he played. Um, Malik Heath had a really good game. Um, Grant DeBose is apparently looking really good in practice. He has not made his preseason debut yet. He was held out of the last game, but it's looking like he might be able to play in this next game against the Patriots. Um, and it seems more and more like they're going to keep seven guys and some exciting, exciting young depth for the Packers uh, receiver core right now. Yeah, I, I, I currently have seven uh, making it on my uh, initial 53. Because I think they don't want to lose either DeBose or or Heath, yeah. So I and, think you're gonna keep them. I think you keep them both. Yeah, and I, I I think it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion there. Um, Dad, anything else you wanted to add on the second team offense, or should we go to the second team defense? Uh, let's go into the second team defense. Okay. Um, do you want to start us off? Okay, so I'll start with the 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 player who really sort of caught my eye in the second team defense, Shamar John Charles. He had what I thought was his best day as a Packer. He had pass breakups, um, pretty solid tackling. I think uh, PFF had him for a miss. But overall, solid tackling, including the tackle for a loss. I think he got a pressure as well on a on a, a corner blitz. It wasn't perfect. You know, he had a bad angle in one of the run plays, but you know, he was he was there he was on around the, the making plays on the ball. Yeah. yeah. He was around and, the ball and making plays when he had the chance. Yeah, you know, and, overall he looked good. And I thought, you know, it sounded like the training camp had not been going well for him and it had it was kind of a foregone no. conclusion. I thought before was... the game, I I thought he was trending downwards before in the practices leading up to that game. Um and now I would say of the corners who are playing, I still don't have him on the 53. He he is I don't he is up to number 5. Oh, you got him at 5. Oh, of the I, ones I we're see. playing. Of the ones so, playing. Fair. So that's sixth yeah. Yeah. behind no, I think, Stokes. I think that's fair, yeah. I, I think I would have him sixth as well behind Valentine. And I don't think I would have had him that high. No. Um, I, I agree with just that. Just before think, the game. I think Valentine would have been higher. Um, speaking of corners, I thought William Hooper, who was like pretty much in there at the end, um, wearing number 27, so he's a duplicate number, which is never a great thing for him. Him and Patrick Taylor are the same number. Uh, I thought he made some good plays. He had two pass breakups to end the night, um, and he looked pretty good. I think he's a practice squad candidate. I, I, I yeah. think he's uh, fun, something fun fact, there. He was the highest-graded player on defense by PFF. William Hooper. William, William Hooper. Hooper was. That's 90.3. I, I, hey, me and PFF right now. Ahead of, ahead of Valentine, who was 89.8. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want? How to they figured out that grade, I don't know. Couldn't. But Valentine tell you. had no missed ta- four tackles, no misses. Um, I guess yeah. Uh, yeah he he gave know. up a couple <laughs> passes in coverage, but it is what it is. I think the pick makes up for that personally. But um, yeah, two receptions and six targets for Valentine. Three receptions on eight targets for Hooper. But anyway, uh, continue on your uh, second team defense stuff. Um, oh, I gotta get the right window up, and then um. I thought something that was interesting is on the third defensive possession, McDuffie started out as the lone linebacker. And that was what, so they were going on a, on a nickel, but in this case they had three defensive linemen and well, I guess a uh, penny. Yeah. And, right? and McDuffie seems to be firmly the third. Oh no, no, they, McDuffie sorry. Seems, they, seems they to started be in, in penny. Oh, okay. 
I was going to say, McDuffie seems to be firmly the third linebacker. Um, There was, like, on family night, Eric Wilson took all the third linebacker spots, and then that has never happened again. So I don't really know why that happened on family night, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, so it looks like McDuffie is ahead of Wilson now. Um, And he was in there when they had – the front was Lucas Van Ness, Wyatt, Slayton, Wooden, Enigbare, and then McDuffie as the lone linebacker in the first down – of the third defense possession. Um, though it wasn't perfect. I think there was uh, one on the, the one, I think since they had one really long run by um, Evans, whatever his first name is. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Um, that was one where both McDuffie kind of took a bad angle. Wilson came charging too hard and they both had vacated the middle of the field. And that's what, so that was a little bit of a kind of positional discipline. That giving up that gave up that run on the good side. We can go back, go back and forth. The good bet, Jonathan Ford, the guy where, who was did, a ghost last year. Where did that is come from? Looking genuinely good this year in practices and against the Bengals backups. He was penetration stout on the run game. Look, guy expl- looking looked explosive. Looked I know explosive. This- He's the worst athlete on the team, statistic like by Raz. Where did this come from? Three point six. I guess technically, and he's, he's probably like, a better. He's probably a better testing athlete actually than Brooks still. But now, now that Brooks is on the team, oh, that yeah, you may be true. But uh, maybe he's dropped thirty pounds, or you know, so he's no instead of being like three seventies, three forty or something, noticeably but, quicker. And some of them were like he was timing up the snap a little bit, and I wonder if that's going to get him into a little trouble in like against real like NFL offenses, but. Hey, more power to him, and he he was looking quick, explosive, blowing people off the ball on the one the play where um, Lucas Van Ness like Lucas Van Ness was really quiet in this game. I'm not really that worried about it. Some people are. That's your prerogative. Um, but I he, yeah, I would like to see him do a little bit more against backups than he did. Yeah, that's fair. I think you know, first game we'll see what happens next game. Um, but the the play where the the run bounces out, Van Ness kind of bounces it out. Ford just picks up and throws the de- the left guard about two yards into the backfield initially. Just pushes him on one one swift just huh, and just I'm, so- I'm sorry, listener, that was a little loud, but um, <laughs> it, that's how excited well, he's a big I'm getting man. About- so it's got to be it's, he's a big man. It's got to be loud. That's how excited I'm getting about Jonathan Ford. I mean, and if you had told me I would be getting excited about Jonathan Ford. Let me tell you, I See, don't know if I would have... Here's a guy, before training camp before training camp started, was not on my radar. No. I did not necessarily expect him to make the team. And now well, I'm like, he has to make the team. Well, here's the thing. I was like, I was like, man, I, I mean, I, mea culpa if he keeps playing like this. But I was like, are they going to have to keep him because they need big bodies in run defense? That was like, that was my thought. I was like, are they going to feel like he they is have the only other big body besides Slayton? And Clark. And, well, but but both of them are significantly bigger than Clark. That's true. Yes, and but yeah, I, I, and was it Slayton's like three thirty? Ford's listed at like three sixty, I think. But I don't think he's that big. Um, I think he was. And, and Slayton, I think, was three sixty in college, then slimmed down to like three thirty five. And Slate and uh, Ford is like maybe three sixty. Kenny's what is he like three fifteen? Yeah, he's like he's like maybe three twenty, three twelve. He's like somewhere in that three ten to three twenty range. Um, but anyway, Ford. They're definitely going to keep him now, I think, because they need yeah. the run. One, they need the run defense, and he's a good run. He's like that's his that's his build. That's like his prototype. And two, he's looking really good. So, 
And he's looked good in practice this yeah. week, too. And, and he's showing a lot more in the past game. Instead of just being a yeah. uh, plugger, he is actually showing some juice to get into the backfield. And, and where on earth did that come from? Because he had, um, he had two pressures in this game. Like, I, that's that's incredible to me. I I would never have assumed he had any juice in the passing game. Um, one thing I realized I forgot to mention though, um, was just on the whole, um. Shoot, did I? I thought I wrote this down somewhere. Sorry. Uh, on the whole, ah, there it is. Oh, I actually have this in my second team defense section. Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, then so we mentioned earlier the at the beginning that the Green Bay defense has not given up an offensive TD yet. And the other thing I've got on the downside, Rudy Ford. Yeah. Basically, I don't know if he got any a lot of snaps in the second half, and I don't know how much he got in the first half. If it all, it's like so. That's not a good sign for him, a guy who had been starting at the beginning of training camp and like locked into starting, and now it looks like he's behind Owens, behind Owens, more. and and more, and, and maybe John and he and Johnson, Johnson kind of similar. They're kind of I would say at the same tier right now, which is like a real quick fall off for Ford, who had good moments last year playing safety. He's not. It's not really a safety. He's more of a special teamer, but it looks like he's getting relegated further and further into special teams only. Dad, do you have anything else you wanted to add on the uh, second offense? Uh, or second that defense? was it for second team defense. All right. For me, second team defense, um, this is more of a note on the defense as a whole, but the D-line had a really good day overall. Um, per PFF, the Packers had 28 pressures, and this was the sad I was looking for earlier when I said I wanted to say something like on the whole of the defense. 28 pressures. Uh, Enigbari and um, Cox uh, each had three uh, to lead the team. Um, but for reference, those 28 pressures, last year the Packers had 15, 17, and six pressures in the preseason. And the Bengals' preseason opponents last year had 21, 19, and 15. So that 28 blows any of those numbers you want out of the water. Um, so that's an excellent day for them. Um, one thing, though, is we initially, both of us independently, kind of landed on the fact that we thought the Packers tackled really well in this game. The numbers don't necessarily bear that out. Um, PFF uh, had the Packers down for nine missed tackles in this game, which is three more than any preseason game last year. Uh, the most they had in the game last year was six. Um, so that's, oh, wow. Worse than last year. Yeah, much worse than any, any preseason game last year. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on because I, I thought on first launch, it felt like the tackling was good. But they had more, a lot more missed tackles than I realized, and I, I don't know exactly where that math all comes out, and like who was having those missed tackles. Um, but that's something to keep in mind because it does, it did not align with what I thought when I was looking at it. But you know, those yeah, are, I mean, they, those they have Devonte Wyatt for two missed tackles. Yeah, which you know, not great. Um, the uh, last thing I had was I thought Tarverius more looked like the best of the safeties. Um, uh, he started getting first team snaps this week. Uh, they've been doing more of a rotation in safety. Um, but I thought he was around the ball a lot, much like Shamar John Charles was making good tackles, was wrapping up, was getting his guy down almost immediately. Uh, you know, the safety room remains in flux. I don't think we're going to know who the safety, the starting safety is until maybe week one, until they trot out there on the field. And I think even then it might be a bit tentative. Um, but Dad, that's the last of the things we have for the offense and the defense. Do we want to talk about uh, the rookies? Um, I think we each had three most impressive rookies, 
And then I'm going to actually start, before we get to those, with Anders Carlson, who's been a big talking point this week. Um, because he did start 4 for 4 with this game, the Packers rookie kicker, uh, with three mid-extra points and a 45-yard field goal, all of them right up the middle. Uh, but his last two kicks of the night were both extra points wide right. Um, I thought both snaps weren't great. The first one was high, and the second one was on the holder's right hip. Uh, they were different snappers for each of them. Um, it was Orzek for the first miss, and uh, Hatcher, I believe it is, as uh, the other long, the backup long snapper. That's the type of quality content we got here. Is we know who the, we pretend to know who the Packers' backup long snapper is. <laughs> yeah, um, so let's not claim too much. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I can't actually know for sure if his name is Hatcher. Um, Forty three is the number he wears. So I know. Um, uh, Broughton Hatcher. Ah, I was right. Um, uh, and at the same time, you know, they're extra points. Like the snap's not always going to be perfect. Um, I thought, the, I thought, and, and uh, the holds were not that bad. The snaps were off target, but you know, I saw someone say the, were... I saw someone say the first hold didn't have the laces spun the right way. It's really hard to tell when you're watching it on TV. Yeah. But on an extra point, you I should know. still be able to make it regardless of which way the laces are. Well, but he the had the distance are, for it. If the laces there. are turned the wrong way, you're gonna you probably you might shank it. Like, right? That's that's just something that can happen with the laces turned the wrong way, as I understand it. Um but either way, you know the situation's not always gonna be perfect. He is a rookie though, and so I'm not actually a lot of people are like, Oh, you need to bring in competition yesterday. Like bring in competition today, bring competition right now for Carlson. Like you need to have another kick in the room. For what? Like they clearly want him to be the kicker. They're clearly going to have him be the kicker. Um, yeah, there is, you know what I think. But there's... Look, can I can I finish what I'm saying? Yeah, there go is, finish that all. There the is... Yes, he has not been... I, I am not here to lie to you. He has not been great so far. He was not great in college either. He, there is... He has not even been good. There is nothing that says he can't get better. I feel like for some reason... Like, no, all other rookies get accident forgiveness except for kickers. Rookie kickers get scrutinized the same way any kicker would, which is kind of weird to me at times because the rookie kickers are held to the exact same standard. Like, like someone was saying, like, oh, Mason Crosby would have made that kick. I was like, yeah, Mason Crosby played in the league for 14 years. Like, you build up those, like, the the habits, the reps, the mental scars of missing. Like, the, like I don't think it's fair to judge a rookie kicker on any other than on a, di- a scale that's any different than we would judge any other rookie. And so to bring in another competition, like it's just to say, Oh, these mistakes you're making aren't acceptable. And I think that just puts more pressure on him. And that's not conducive to him getting better, which I think there's no reason to think he can't get better. He has like the physical tools to be good at kicking. And I think that bringing in competition and essentially saying, oh, you missed these two kicks, so we're going to think about replacing you, would just stunt his growth at this point. And it's fair to disagree with that. I mean, if he keeps kicking like this, will he lose, Will he cost them games? Yes, he will. I'm not going to say he won't. Um, but it's about the long-term investment more than it is about this year. If they... Can that ter- is that's, exactly what I think is going on here. It's not about this year at all. I think he could be really bad this year and they would probably still ride with him next year or at least have him like maybe have, they would definitely have competition for him next camp, but I think they are going to give him the entire year pretty much no matter what. Um, and it's not about this year. It's not about 
him winning games for them this year. It's about getting like cementing him as the kicker for the next few years and using taking those physical tools and making him the Packers' future kicker. Sorry, I went on a bit of a ramble there. Uh, what were you going to say about? Here, here, here's what I think is their their thought process here is like people say if he kicks like this, he's going to cost them games this year, and the Packers are like, so what? Yeah, I think that's, that's how they feel like that. They're not trying to win a Super Bowl this year, and so they're willing to lose games this year for the future. What are your thoughts on that approach? I don't know if I necessarily agree with the pro- approach because there is this idea of having a winning culture and always trying to win, um, and and always you know getting everything together you can to try to win in the moment. They, they might, might argue that well, like. Daniel Carlson was cut too early. Yeah. He, he had a bad game, and they got rid of him, and he turned into a great kicker. And, and the, so the, I think they're using that philosophy that if you're looking for a kicker for 15 years, you are willing to put up with, uh, and they, with a they bad put season. Up with, they put up with bad seasons from Mason Crosby, too. And they were rewarded for kind of sticking with it when a lot of people were like, it's time to move on. Like, he doesn't have it. He's Like, he's done. And... You know, it worked out for them then. I think they're like, okay, that approach worked with Crosby. We're going to see how it works with Carlson. And I can't knock him for it. I mean, is it going to be really, really annoying when it when he misses like a 38-yarder to win a game? And, and Right. They're down by they're down by one. Yeah. That's or two. Really, and he misses a 35-yarder at the... It's, it's going to suck. As time expires. It's going to suck. But the thing is, it's like... I don't think that's what they're thinking about with Carlson. They're thinking about next year more than anything. Um, but dad, let's talk a little bit about the other rookies that we liked in this game. I will go first. Uh, number one, um, uh, impressive rookie to me, uh, Clifford. Um, he's Taylor Heineke. Yeah, he really is uh, gunslinger point and shoot. Not a perfect quarterback. Going to make lots of mistakes. Um, I think the quote I had from him um from his post-game presser was uh, that I liked was shoot or shoot. So I'm a shoot quote, Sean Clifford, um, which I thought was great um, because with him, you know, it, it, I think a lot of people really, really did not like that pick and thought, I mean, he took so much heat. People were like, he's not draftable. He is, he should not, he should not have been picked in the seventh round. He should, the Packers panicked when they took him. They like, he will never play well in the NFL. And I think he's already surpassed that. Like he's already better. Than oh yeah. That he's already exceeded those expectations. <laughs> like, he's already yeah, exceeded he, they got roasted because they, they were got saying, roasted for picking him at all. Yeah. He's, they, yeah. And, and that, I think it's clear that those, those evaluations were off because a little over the top, but yeah, there are a bunch of people who are saying he wasn't a draftable player. Yeah. Which is, it. you know, is he a is he a perfect quarterback? No. Is he even a good quarterback? Maybe not. But he might be a good backup, and that's a that's a fine pick in the fifth round. Uh, the next one is Wicks. Um, I think not enough people are talking about how well Dontavian Wicks played I this like, game. I like Wicks, and I think, and I think in general people have been talking about Wicks because he was hurt at the beginning of, um, you know, for, for a good chunk of the offseason. So he just kind of I think fell off people's radar. Well, I don't even mean just in general. I mean not enough people were talking about how good Wicks looked in this game. Um, he had a massive block on Goodson's touchdown run. Uh, him and Musgrave um, 
just got a lot of push there on the line. Um, he led the team in receiving three catches for 68 yards. Um, and in fact, according to Jacob Morley on Twitter, uh, among rookies with at least 15 routes, um, he was second in the league in yards per route run, which is pretty freaking awesome for a fifth rounder. Um, and then the last rookie I had was Carl Brooks. Um, he was pretty consistently. You, like, on you have re- been you have been on the the Carl Brooks train all off season. On the rewatch, it's like man, he's in the backfield a lot. And I think Paul Bredel tweeted this today. Um, was like like the the Patriots couldn't keep him out of the backfield either. Uh, and he was just consistently getting back there. And um, the Packers D line looked really good today. Uh, the Patriots didn't have either of their starting guards. Just to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, Brooks was consistently in the backfield. He had two pressures and a quarterback hit in that game. Um, and he looked good. I thought he looked better than Wooden. I thought Wooden looked fine. Um, not, this is not to throw shade at Wooden, but I, I thought Brooks looked even better than him. And he was, you know, looked like he had every bit of pass rush technicality from the inside that he had had at the outside on Bowling Green. And that was the question was whether or not he could move to the inside. I think that move has gone well for him so far. And hopefully it continues to. Dad, those are my three rookies. Who are your three? So my three are pretty obvious, you know. So I'm gonna start with uh Reed. And and the the thing I want to mention about him is he is still making contested catches at the NFL level, despite being a five eleven and in college an outside receiver five eleven. Um he had a nice high point of the throw from Clifford in the preseason game, and I think he had another um one today against New England in the in the joint practice. And he, plus, he's been showing his speed, so he's he's been looking good. He looks to have a firm grip, in, actually, on the number as the number three wide receiver. Did you based see, on who was getting snaps? They gave in, him. They gave the, him an end, with the ones in the game. They gave him an end around in the game, and then they gave. We'll talk about later. Musgrave an end around in uh, the pe- practice with the Patriots today. And did you see what yeah. uh, Christian Watson said? He said, "He said I'd be Never lying said. if I said I I didn't miss those touches, but you know we got we got Reed and Musgrave, and they're going to do a great job with those two. <laughs> I did not see that quote. Yeah, that was, that uh, was at least he didn't say like lines. I would have made it all the way around that corner. <laughs> he said I would have I would have housed um, that thing. And then then I had Musgraves like as you know getting open in multiple areas of the field, but also his blocking is not that bad. He had that you mentioned that nice block on the touchdown run." Um, by Goodson against Cincinnati. He also had some decent pass pro. He had a couple of uh, um, times where he stayed in the block on those first two possessions with, with the ones. And so both – so as a, a pass pro, that wasn't bad, and, and uh, some run blocking that wasn't bad. I think he had one bad um, pass blocking rep. Um, but otherwise, I think he's actually doing better than people were expecting. And then finally, Valentine. We we how been have kind we gone, of like the camp rookie darling. How have we gone it, this long without talking about Valentine? Because he's pretty much like they're going to need to find a way. A lot of people have said this. This I'm not I'm not saying it for the first time. They're going to need to find a way to get this man on the field if he keeps playing like this because he's just too good not to. I mean, what do you have? Three pass breakups yeah, he's, and he's, a, and a good and good tackling and a pick in this game. Because yeah, he's got. Um, you know, sticky coverage always seems to be around his receiver. He's yeah, four tackles with no no missed tackles. And Andy um, Herman was saying that he didn't think he was just in conversation for best rookie of camp. He's, he's in like conversation best player, best player full stop of camp. 
which it's hard to say no because yeah. he went from he's gone from seventh round rookie to starting outside corner in about the span of like two and a half weeks, which is wild to think about. Yeah. And I know when Jair is and then back on out Monday there, he won't be, but and then on Monday he ended the practice with a pick six. Um, on the other hand, he is been he has been very aggressive with contact. Yeah, that was, um, I was hands on the receiver, playing through the receiver to make the breakups. So he might get called for some penalties by different refereeing crews um, than he has. So yeah, that's fair. That's that's the caveat to what he's been doing so far. He's been he's been aggressive. He's been making plays in the ball. He's been breaking on the ball. He's been sticky in coverage around the receiver. But some of those plays that he's made might get called. Um, for penalties in in other uh, other games. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add with that? We're getting really long on time, so let's burn through these practices. I mean, do you want to like? Shall we? Shall we? Uh, what are you thinking? Should we keep? Should we keep powering through? How long do we want this episode to be? Oh goodness! I think we should just cut. Let's just talk a little bit about practice because I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. Um, so they had practice Sunday, Monday, and today on Wednesday the joint practices. I just want to touch on. Two things from the Sunday and Monday practices, and then we'll discuss a little bit from the joint practice. Um, the big thing from the Sunday and Monday practices was Rashid Walker was at left tackle with the ones on Sunday, while Nyman was at right tackle with the twos. So it's not that Nyman was out. And then on Monday, Rashid Walker, Nyman did, Nyman started at left tackle, but when they gave Jenkins a breather, they moved Tom to left guard, and Rashid Walker went to right tackle with the ones. Walker had a really good game at tackle. Um, in the preseason game with against the Bengals. But the fact that he's getting snaps with the ones over Nyman at times, that was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, this is, a, this, this is another case of a player skyrocketing up the depth chart unexpectedly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was just something like, oh, let's just see how it goes. Like you had a nice game, and I think he yeah. got specifically shouted out by LaFleur for, having, for playing well. Um, and, and it's interesting. I don't think they would do it. I think if they had it, like, I think you were, ta- we were talking about this and you said this, if they had a game tomorrow, Nyman is playing and Bakhtiari couldn't go. Nyman's playing left tackle. They're not putting Walker out there, but no, I least... don't think they'd be comfortable. And maybe they're just, they could be just experimenting with things, but they also did shout, give him a shout out the same time as they gave him some reps of the ones. Yeah. And speaking of reps of the ones, you know, if one went to got another quick mention of things, um, Anthony Johnson Jr. After having a pretty decent game, Against against the Bengals, got some snaps of the ones um, this week in practice. Yeah, I think maybe Sunday and Monday. I had seen Sunday. I hadn't seen Monday, but I believe you if you said. I'm Monday. not a hundred percent sure if I've got the Monday. Maybe maybe I've seen Sunday, and then I saw uh, somebody talking about it a day later. So I'm not yeah. sure if they were talking about still Sunday or. And I think the big takeaway is because uh, Sunday and Monday. Johnson got some, Moore got some, and Owens is still getting some. I think they're mostly just like okay, the second safety spot is still. TBD. Who um, who's stepping up yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, let's talk a little bit about the joint practice uh, with the Patriots. Caveat that um, the Patriots were without their two starting guards. They were without a couple other players as well. Um, but still, a very well coached team. Who the Packers said they they didn't give them like a script or anything to run. The Patriots are just running what they want to run, and Bill Belichick's a ma- evil mastermind. Um, <laughs> but dad let's just do a couple quick hitters about this um joint practice we can maybe come back to it a little bit next episode when we talk about this preseason game that's happening saturday um 
what were like let's just start about two or two or three I'll just do really like quick. some quick some quick bullet points I guess for what I thought uh, maybe try not to overlap so much so I'll start with the defense supposedly sacked the Patriots 13 times according to Andrew Callahan who is um, a um, so that's who is a Patriots reporter um forever for Patriots reporter right um so that so that was kind of interesting uh, that they were putting so much pressure including sacks on the uh, on the on the Patriots, I think both uh, first and second team combined. And I'm not going to get fooled again by defensive line. At least they're not stuff. beaten up on the their own well, offensive they, line this time. They might be beating up on the Boston, Massachusetts version of Newman and Hanson, given that um, the the left guard Cole Strange was out, and then the right guard right right guard on Wenu um, is still not back from surgery. It sounds like. I did a little, just a light research because I wanted to, I just wanted to know. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, do you want to alternate? Um, oh, yeah. We you, can, you give one now? We can alternate. Um, the Packers receivers had a really nice day today. Um, Evan, uh, I'm not sure if it's Lazer or Lazar, um, but he covers the Patriots, uh, said that, uh, quote, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were really impressive today for the Packers. Patriots secondary had its handful, end quote, uh, hands full, end quote. Um, exciting because the Patriots secondary is pretty good although i think they were without jonathan jones today um who's one of their better corners i'm not i don't quote me on that but i think i saw that uh on the twitter feed um but still you know it's a it's a well-coached secondary it's a well-coached defense a well-coached team and watson and dobbs were giving them trouble um and watson had a 70 yard bomb from love we've retweeted the video that was illegally taken by fans shout out to that fan um it's on our twitter we, app, it, it is actually uh by multiple fans because this got a couple different we got, angles we got play. multiple angles we got the tv copy we got the we got everything we got like the right they got the 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 six camera you know nfl playoff game uh ascent exactly <laughs> but but that was my takeaway um, the, we got there is that the receivers look good yeah um what was your next one and then I would say Love looked good today too, with uh, some good red zone reps, um, throwing touchdowns there, and and some some good completions. Even though I guess like there was one to Reed where he did. I think it was Reed. Who did, that was his didn't main quite miss. Get, or, it sounded like he didn't, didn't quite get, get his. But also, there's one where he didn't quite get his foot feet down mm-hmm. in the back of the end zone. There was one that was ah. a good throw. And everything looked good, but it wasn't. Uh, it was ruled incomplete in the end. But he has had the like the seventy yard score to to Watson where he. Puts it in right between the defenders, and yeah, then the, the strike you know, to the corner to Dobbs in the in the right corner where Dobbs does the tiptoe. He had a strike to down the seam to Musgrave, which you'll you'll talk about. Do you, do you want to talk about that now? Because yeah, and so yeah, so Musgrave again looking good in the practices, like he's been looking all off season. They 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 even decided to use him as you mentioned earlier on a jet sweep, and then he had I think it was up the seam going deep against um, New England's secondary, including um, Duggar, who is who's generally a good- considered a good. Cover tight end, a good co- specifically um, good at covering tight ends. Like that's his thing, and he just wasn't fast enough for for Musgrave. Um, I I do think it's funny the the end around thing. It's more about the usage for Musgrave, the fact that they're looking for ways to get in the ball. That's all it's about. The actual yeah. play went for about a yard. Um, but you know <laughs> that's that's, true. He, did, he didn't get very far. If you would rather get just, very far, it is just funny that they decided to call it. Yes, yes. You're uh, right. But no, I I remember seeing that. I was like, oh wow. Like I wonder like how it went. It's like okay, you, you went about a yard. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> my next my next one um, uh, is um, Chad Graff, who writes for the Athletic for the Patriots. Um, uh, seemed to think that generally the Packers won the day, won the day. His summary of the day was quote. 
the Patriots offense struggled to block Green Bay's front seven and had little open downfield. New England's defense was mostly solid except for a couple big plays, end quote, was his takeaway from the how the Patriots did against the Packers. Um, the other takeaways I had yeah, was Jair was I think was the back. Patriots had like... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that the Patriots may have like eight or nine sacks against the, against the Packers. Not as many as the Packers had against them. Mm-hmm. It's always hard to tell in... Um, and when you can't actually yeah, touch and then the they're like, is that a sack? Oh, they kept the play going anyway. They blow it dead. Now he completed it. Whatever. Yeah, it's like it's backyard football. Um, but Jair was back to getting some reps in team settings for the first time in a little while, which is good. Um, and then the other thing was there were more reps at the ones uh, left tackle for Walker, according to Matt Schneiman, um, which I hadn't seen during the practice. I saw that in an article he wrote afterwards, which is interesting. Um, and then. They had some success in the two-minute drill, getting the uh, Packers a 40-yard field goal to quote-unquote win it, uh, but Carlson did miss the 40-yarder and then afterwards missed a 43-yarder short. It was heavy wind, and to be fair, after that 43-yarder that he missed about like 10 yards short, Nick Folk also missed one short. He didn't miss it as short. Um, it was like barely short, but to be fair, Nick Folk, NFL kicker, also missed short on that same kick going the same way. Um, but Carlson started today 5-for-5, five five, but then missed his last two. Um, but then he did, uh, stay out after continue, uh, to continue practicing kicks, uh, well after everyone left, it sounded like. I think that's wise. Yeah. I, I would hope so. (laughs) And then, so the other two things that I had for the practices, um, Rasul still making plays. He had like, I think two near interceptions, pass breakups that he couldn't hold on to. Um, and they're not too worried, but people say like, oh, I wish you'd get all this. Russell is like third in the league over the last two years in, in actual interceptions. So I think he's doing a good enough job at converting those chances into picks. But one thing that's a little concerning, I would say, is that it sounded like Green Bay has had a lot of trouble running the ball against the New England defense. Yeah. Really struggling from from all accounts. So, um, yeah, that the was the ground. That was actually the first thing I put into mind, and I saw you had already put it, so I took it off. But that was like one of the first things I put is like, Yep, they are having trouble having trouble running the ball, and this was kind of a a st- okay. How do you feel like the Packers ran the ball last year? And this will be we'll end on this. How do you feel like the Packers ran the ball last year? Because I when they really say, needed when they really needed a yard or two, it was very hit and miss. I because I would say I don't think they ran the ball well at all last year, and I thought the the run blocking was meh and just generally not very good. But what if I told well, you? Well, you saw were... the analysis. I did. But what if I told you they were fifth the... in the league in rushing DVOA last year? Doesn't make much sense to me. I I would not have guessed that in a million years. They they had better rushing rush DVOA than Cleveland, better um, rushing DVOA than San Francisco, better rushing DVOA than Vegas with Josh Jacobs. Doesn't make much sense to me personally. I don't really get it. Um, because that's not even that's not isolating for how well the backs played, like um, like how success rate, like AJ Dillon right. had a really so good success rate. So how much of that is being attributed to the? How much is being attributed it. to the it's, line? And it's because the, the right. So that's all just, of it. Yeah. No, no. I I mean, right. Who's responsible? Are are they are is it getting is it just because Dylan and Jones are good, but the line wasn't actually blocking that well? Because if you look at the PFF, but run you would blocking assume, grades. But you would assume they would both have to be good to be fifth, top five in the league in rushing. That does not that does not track with the eye test for me personally. I I'm I was a bit confused on that one um, because I didn't think they ran the ball last year very well. I feel like they've struggled to run the ball a bit already in camp, and a lot of people will talk, like on on 
like talk shows will be like, oh, they got a really strong running game um, for like to like keep love behind. I'm <laughs> they like, should lean on. They should lean on the run. They, lean, the, they got I'm a like, good offensive line, but if you I'm look like, at their PFF grades, they're all worse run blockers than pass blockers. Yeah, and and I don't even think you need the PFF grades to see that. Like, I just think that's that's readily apparent. Nope. I feel like when watching them. Um, but the thing is, like, it's like they got the people. Everyone's like the first thing they say is they got the run game to lean on. It's like, do they? It's like, I, I, I guess they have good running backs. They they have good offensive linemen. But last year, the run game was was really, really up and down. Like, I didn't think the run game was all that consistent at all last year. And there are a lot yeah. of stats. So kind of, I think, better. depends on what you're looking yeah. at. So here's something I'm looking at in, in Football Outsiders. Their power rank. So that's, I think, like their success on like short, down, short yardage situations. That's something they're 18th at. That tracks. So that tracks. Like, yeah, like I said, it's like, yeah, if they're like second and goal or third and goal at the two, they're not good. I feel like, oh, it's not, not a chance. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I need a Mercedes Lewis, like, play action, like, <laughs> right. leak we out. Need, like, need that's a all play like, action uh, leak out. Yeah. That was, I remember thinking last way. year, this is, this is the play that works. Oh, man. But yeah, but anyway, we're getting very long on time. I didn't think they ran the ball very well last year. Some stats say they did. I I feel like it was very up and down. I, I think it's like maybe it's that some things they were good at and some things they weren't. I just didn't didn't think there was the anything that they were that good that good at that they would they overcome that they would overcome all the way up to five. But I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah. thanks so much for listening. And then, and then, well, the one, the one thing sort of like bonus for the whole week is Grant Tabose has been looking good. Maybe we mentioned it already. Sunday, Monday, and in the joint practice, he's making plays. I guess yeah. we, we did kind of already talk about how he seems to be and I, I think worked he got his way some, quickly into the comp, comp, he, um, conversation. He got some reps with the ones too, as well, I think. But anyway, long episode yeah. today. I know we had a lot to talk about. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, like you, like we said earlier. If you like what you heard, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Come find us in your podcast platform of choice or YouTube. If you subscribe to us there, we'd really appreciate it. It would really help us out. Thanks again. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.